Holy Spirit, open our hearts and minds, and by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as the Scriptures are read and your word is proclaimed, we may hear with joy what you say to us today. Amen. Our scripture lesson comes from the epistle of 1 John chapter 4, verses 18 through 21. Listen to these words. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. Because fear expects punishment, the person who is afraid has not been made perfect in love. We love because God first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates a brother or sister, they are a liar. Because the person who doesn't love a brother or sister who can be seen can't love God who can't be seen. The commandment we have from him, those who claim to love God ought to love their brother and sister also. This is the scripture of faith for the people of faith. Thanks be to God. Amen. We've been journeying through um, Stephen Harper's book, uh, the character, sorry, uh, the character of a Methodist. Actually, that was John Wesley's writing. His book was Five Marks of a Methodist, was Stephen Harper's book, based off of John Wesley's work, The Character of a Methodist, which was written in 1742. So that documents Stephen Harper uh, discern these, these things, these marks of a Methodist, these characters of what it means to be a Methodist, or, or you know, what can it mean to live a life fully uh, engulfed and, and surrounded in the love of God? How do we be a disciple? What does it look like to be a disciple? The five that Wesley lift up, and, and Harper did as well, is that first, a Methodist loves God. And, and if you remember correctly, in that first week I shared with you, it's not just a Methodist loves God, it's a Methodist loves God by receiving the love that God has for us. How else do we understand what God's love is if we don't first receive that love that God has for us? We can't move past that first step. This is the building block. This is the foundation of who we are and what we do and, and, and everything of, of who we are. It is We have to first accept that love that God has for us. And the great thing is, it's there for us to accept. We don't have to do anything but just say yes and then allow God to be in control as we receive that love. We want to share that love. And then we notice that once we receive that love, that that, that next mark makes sense that the Methodist rejoices in, in God. And, and once we receive that love, we, we get excited and we want to share that with people. We want to share it with the world in such a way that, that it, people want to be a part of it. That's, that's really how this movement got started. The women came back from the, the tomb and, and while they were a little bit scared, they were a little bit excited because Jesus wasn't there. They didn't walk into the room to the men and the disciples and be like, hey guys, uh, Jesus wasn't there. Everything's okay. It's okay. No, they were like, okay guys, he wasn't there. He wasn't there. Just go with me on this. And literally Peter and John went with them to see that he wasn't there. And Peter and John didn't walk up to the tomb and be like, oh, wow, he's not there. They didn't go out into the world and say, hey guys, our Savior has come. 
They rejoiced in the salvation. They lived a life of joy. And even though it was hard, even though the, 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 the movement was, had struggled, they, they still rejoiced in God because they knew that God was providing for them and caring for them and loving them. Which allowed them to, to live a life of thanks. And the, a Methodist gives thanks. And that's the thanks we give to God for saying, thank you for all that you have blessed me with. Even in the hard times, thank you, God, for not giving up on me. Thank you for being with me. Thank you for walking with me. Which leads us into what I talked about last week, that a Methodist prays continually. We can't do all this if we're not continually listening to God, continually going to God in prayer, and and not only just lifting up our needs and and everybody else's needs, but being attentive to where God may be calling us and speaking to us. And and it doesn't happen in the ways that we kind of see on TV. It it happens in all different kinds of ways. Maybe it's a simple nudge or or just an opening of of hearing something, of of just being present. And, And that's what praying consistently is it's just being present and aware of where god may be speaking to you and then you speaking to god and today is the one that to me is is very important but it's not the end all be all they're all important but a methodist loves others and it's not just about loving God, it's about loving others because that's what God called us to do, that great commandment that Jesus gives us. It's about loving God and loving your others. And, and when Jesus said that to the, the Pharisees and Sadducees, they knew they were in trouble because it teared, tore down some of the things that they had established to put as stumbling blocks for those who were on the outside of the community. That loving others, it's loving others. Not people who think and act and, and talk like you. It's everyone. It's not people who are just in your little circle. It's everyone. Everybody, we have an opportunity to share the gospel with everyone. We have an opportunity to share love with everyone. From when you get gas in the morning to when you go to the store or when you're at work, those are opportunities to share God's love. And let's admit, sometimes it's easier than others, isn't it? Sometimes it's easier to, to show people what God's love looks like when, when it's easy. But what do we do when it's hard? How do we handle those, those, those difficult things and those difficult situations? That's where I think prayer comes in handy. Dear Lord, help me love this person. It's not going to be easy. But I know with your help, I can do it. Now, it doesn't mean you have to like shower them and be like, oh man, I love you, I care for you. But it can be as simple as showing love as opening a door and smiling at them, greeting them, caring for them, loving them unconditionally. It doesn't mean you have to send them a Valentine's Day card at Valentine's, but what it does mean is that you have to care for them as though you would want to be cared for. Even your enemies. Even those people who sit on a different side of the aisle than you. Even those people who may uh, wear, you know, OU shirts or OSU shirts or Duke shirts or North Carolina shirts or KU shirts. You know, we've got to love those people too. I have to love Cubs fans. I'm still working on that. But I'm getting better. Because I understand that in order for me to really show the world what love looks like, I can't allow those barriers that I've put up get in the way of me showing how I feel and care about God. And far too often we put up those barriers and, and, and we allow ourselves, we think we're being safe, but we're actually hurting ourselves more. 
Because the more that we share love, the more we grow and we come out of our comfort zone. We like that comfort zone. It makes us feel good and warm inside, but God doesn't want us in our comfort zone. That's why he says love everyone. Could you imagine if if Jesus just said, hey, um, just love the 12 people in this room. Uh, You only have to love them if they're only uh, Jews. Um, You only have to love them if they've been circumcised. Could you imagine if Jesus like limited love? It wouldn't be where we are today. Because the more we live into love, the more we grow. The more we live into love, we move away from those things that we thought we knew and get to know the other more. And it expands our minds. It opens us up for those opportunities of discipleship that that we talk about all the time. We talk about being a disciple of Jesus Christ, but are we really living it? And the way that we really live being a disciple of Jesus Christ is sharing love, period. You don't have to know all what's in the Bible. You don't have to know all 66 books of the Bible, frontwards, backwards, alphabetically, New Testament, Old Testament. You don't have to know it word for word, but what you do need to know is is you need to share love. And I think sometimes we get caught up and held on to those things that, that, that just keep us from growing closer to God, and that's not what discipleship looks like. Discipleship is living like Jesus. Harper, in his reading this week, he said, Our discipleship isn't shaped and expressed through an impulsive selection of something good from a collection of random opportunities. It is shaped in a response to the ancient prayer of Samuel. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Are you listening to God? Are you listening to who God may call you to love? I know for a fact, growing up, I was the kid that every teacher did not want to have in their classroom. I've had some tell me that since then. But I'll never forget the ones that loved me. I'll never forget the ones that actually took time to care for me. Those are the ones, the reason why I'm here today, because I knew there were people who loved me and cared for me. Could you imagine if we embodied that? We didn't look at the child for who they were, or who they are, but we love them for where they are and who God created them to be, a child of God. And the way that we do that is this simple prayer in 1 Samuel. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Because when we do that, we're opening ourselves up for those opportunities and those possibilities to share love. And sometimes it's hard, and sometimes it's not in places that you can imagine. I never imagined I'd have the conversations I have sitting at the coffee shop. But some of the things that people come in are willing to talk to me about are because I was willing to listen and be present. Or maybe they've got an awkward question that they've never felt comfortable with asking their priest, and so now's the time. They've got a pastor sitting right here. But Harper reminds us that we have to move beyond this this churchianity that we've created to actually following Christ to Christianity, but we have to move from just being a member to being a disciple of Jesus Christ. Because when you get to stand before God at that time, He's not going to ask you what what your church membership looked like. 
He's going to ask you that question, the same question he asked Simon Peter during the last days of Jesus' time here on earth. Do you love me? Did you love me? And did it show? If you can answer yes to that, you'll be in good hands. And, and Harper reminds us that, that discipleship isn't a course to take or pass, but rather it's an offering of the life we live routinely. If we say we love Jesus, if we say we're following Jesus, then our life has to show it. It's that simple. Yeah, there's a lot to do, there's a lot to work on, but this is a process of refinement. You don't have to have it all together today. You don't have to know the whole Bible today. But what you do need to know is this, is that God loves you. I need you to hear that. God loves you because the world is telling you that God doesn't love you. And I'm here to tell you that God loves you. I'm here to tell you that, that to not be afraid and to lean in to love God because as the scriptures reminded us today, we love because God first loved us. This is, if I had a tattoo, this would be one of my tattooed verses. We love because God first loved us. And we share that love with the other because there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out all fear. We can't be afraid if we're living in God's love because we will be okay. Because God is there with us. And we can't say that we love God and we're a follower of Jesus and not do it. Because the world will call us on it. The world will say, you're not being a follower of Jesus or that's not a church I want to be a part of. So how do we do this? How do we share love? I think it starts with a simple prayer that, that Frank Laubach wrote uh, many years ago. His prayer was simple. Lord, what are you doing in the world today that I can help you with? That's where we begin to show love. Because when you pray that prayer, be ready, because God's going to give you those opportunities to share love. And so let's pray. But I'm going to pray this prayer again, and I want you to, to do this for me. I want you, no matter where you are, even if you're watching online, and, and, and just hold out your hands. Bow your head with me and, and, and hold out your hands and, and receive this prayer. Lord, what are you doing in the world today that I can help you with? Amen. You're now equipped to go share love. So go and do it. And if anything, remember this, that through it all, Christ is with you. Will you stand and join me for hymn number 507, Through It All. <laughs>